right, thank you. That's much better, guys. Um, so I recently took um, just a couple of days to get away from everything, and I, I, I took a, what we call a sabbatical. A sabbatical is, is taking time away from the world, getting away from the world, getting alone. That, that, that's a really important part of it, getting alone with God. And, and, and it's, you know, vacation and a sabbatical are different. Vacation is getting away from the world, getting away from work, getting away from the hectic, crazy part of life, and, and, uh, and, and, and getting away, finding rest and fun and making memories. That's, every family needs that. But you know what every Christian needs? And it's still doing that a little bit, guys. Um, every Christian needs to be able to get away from the world, away from the schedule, away from the stress of life, away from ministry, away from the work or whatever it is. We also need to, to, to get away from our home a little bit every once in a while and get alone with God and say, God, I have gotten away from everything else and I just want to be with you. And so while I was spending that time away from the world, and, and so there was just a lot of things that God really began to reveal. So a lot of times that happens when you slow down and you kind of get away from the craziness of life and you just withdraw from that and then you get alone with God. A lot of times it's in that place that, that we begin to see things maybe a little bit differently than before. So today I'm going to talk about stop wasting time. Anybody waste time here? Okay, so a lot of you are lying right now. I mean, like, like I'm going to show you how bad you're lying in a minute, and then we're going to take, now we're doing two sermons. I'm going to do one on lying. Uh, Don't lie in church is going to be the second title. Go ahead and add that to the, no, I'm just kidding. But, but seriously, guys, stop lying in church. Um, there's still feedback. I don't know if it's from the, the side things, but there's just tons of feedback. I, I can't concentrate. All right, so. Guys, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. So here's what it says. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So guys, we're going to be looking at these two verses plus one more. Walk circumspectly. So you see how I highlighted that. So what what I want to do is I want you to see what walk circumspectly means. So here's the deal. In Greek, it means to accurately or take care of, to be careful. In other words, he's saying this. See then that you walk carefully. See that you live your life carefully. So this entire passage that we're going to be studying today is all about, it starts with this. I want you to live carefully. I want you to be careful with how you live. So this is the starting point of what we're going to get into, redeeming time. But it starts off with, see then that you live your life carefully. Be careful with how you live your life. That's where we start. So why do we need to live carefully? And he gives us the very answer. It says this, because the days are evil. So in our verse that we looked at, why do we need to live carefully? Why do we need to be careful in the ways that we live? And all I'm doing is turning those words back and forth so that you get the full effect. Because the days are evil. Now, evil represents moral unrighteousness, the opposite of what God desires. So evil is the opposite of what God desires in our life. So my question, though, is what does evil have to do with days? Are are the days themselves evil? Because he says, for the days 
are evil. So it really makes me start to think, and I look at it at, at, at face value. I look at this and I say, wow, it makes it sound like the days are evil. But, but I, I need to look at what does the day mean. See, a day is comprised of seconds, minutes, and hours. Days, plural, make up weeks, months, and years. So my question then would come back is, how in the world can a second be evil? How can a minute be evil? How can an hour be evil? How can a week or a month or a year be in and of itself evil? It's not. Days are made up of time. So a day is not evil in and of itself, but evil comes with how we use our time. You see, anything that you say or do requires time, doesn't it? For you to say something careless you took the time to say it. You, you get what I'm saying, right? So anything that we do is going to require time. You took time to be here today. We take time to do something good. We take the time to do something bad. So when he says that, hey, you need to be careful in the way that you live your life because the days are evil, he's saying, listen, there's a lot of people who are not using their time for good. They're using the time that's been given. And I want you to think about that. God gave you this time. God gave you this time. He, this is his time, not just a Sunday. He gave you life. So it's his time to begin with. How are you using his time? So, coming back to our verse, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. We already looked at that. Not as fools, but as wise. So there's only two ways that you can live your life out. There's only two ways this is going to roll. You're either going to be a fool with your time or you're going to be wise. I mean, that's the only two options offered here. I want you to walk. I want you to live your life carefully. I want you to live your life carefully, not as a fool would, but as a wise. Not as fools, but as wise. How does that look? We're going to get into that in a little bit. Let me first divide up the two differences with wisdom and foolishness. The word wise is sophos in Greek. Isn't it interesting that the word for fool is asophos? Sophos and asophos. Asophos is not the one you want. Sophos. I want to be sophos, not nasophos. It almost kind of sounds wrong, doesn't it? I'm going to move. I saw James and he's like, like derailed, you know. So, wise, the word sophos describes one who is experienced, practiced in a particular skill. And I put in the parentheses for what we're talking about today is time management. Okay? Or they possess a knowledge and or an understanding in a particular situation. That's somebody that's, has, that exercises wisdom. An, uh, a fool, an asophos, is one who lacks reflection. I want you to think about this. That's one who lacks reflection. Have you, so if you've ever wasted a day, right, and you just absolutely waste the day, do you ever reflect and go back and say, how did I waste that day? Or have you ever, uh, for anyone in sports... Let's say you went out and you didn't do very good and you lost. Do you reflect on why you lost? Because wisdom does. A wise athlete would sit down and say, you know what, I did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And then they would begin to use wisdom and make the changes to get better. That's why every athlete in the world that's really good, 
They watch their own tape and they're like, wow, I messed up here, 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 and here. And then they begin to work on their shortcomings. But we live in a world right now that doesn't really like to work on our shortcomings. In fact, we don't even want to be told that we have any shortcomings. And then we wonder why we act like a fool. Think about it. We act like fools because we continue to do the same stupid stuff and we don't change. That's what a fool does. A fool doesn't reflect on their errors. A fool doesn't look back and say, man, I need to have some better common sense about how I'm living my life. You see, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting different results. Insanity is a foolish lifestyle. A fool does not reflect back on their mistakes. See, by the end of this, we're going to all know that we've wasted a lot of God's time. We've wasted a lot of time. And if we're wise, we will reflect on that and begin to make changes. What happens so often is this. Man, that was a good sermon, pastor. And it makes no changes in our life. And we continue to do the same thing until the next year we hear a similar sermon. I'm like, man, I needed that. And then we still don't make the change. What kind of behavior is that? Let's be honest. That's foolish. Foolish behavior saying, wow, I need that, but I ain't going to do it. See, the book of Proverbs says a fool is like a dog who vomits. And so a fool is like a dog who vomits, who returns to his vomit. So a dog vomits, really gross. And then a little bit later, he comes over, and what does he start doing? Come on, you know, you, if you have a dog, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I remember growing up as a child, anytime I puked in my house, in, in the house, my dad would just open up the door and call the dogs. Uh, he goes, I'm not, my dad would not clean up vomit. My dad, I ain't touching it. He'd let the dog in. Was that weird? <laughs> Welcome to the Church of Living Water if you're new. This is what you get every week. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like waiting for like, is this the youth pastor? No, he's just as weird as I am. So just wait a couple more weeks. So, so here's the deal. So, so he says, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. So he, what, what the book of the, the wisdom of Proverbs says, a fool is someone who repeats his folly. He, he knows that he made a mistake, but he does it anyways. And he's not making any checks. So here's the deal. A fool is one who lacks reflection. Reflection is where it starts. Me being able to reflect on my behavior, to reflect on my words, to reflect on my attitude, and all of those things are going to get summed up into time because you took the time to do all of those things. And in fact, the word fool is the most derogatory term used in the Bible to describe someone. Like, there's not a worse thing to be identified as as a fool. The worst thing that we could be identified in the Bible as is a fool. Because there's no learning for a fool. There's no correction for a fool. A fool does not allow themselves to be corrected. So, let's move on. Now, let's get into this. See then that you walk circumspectly, right? You can see how we're coming back to this. We keep coming back to this verse. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming 
the time, right? Because the days are evil. Now, what does, what does, what does wisdom have to do with time? And here, here's the thing, is this is so important, because when you're reading the verse, you can sit there and go, I don't understand the connection. What does wisdom have to do with, it has everything. Guys, everything, everything to do with wisdom, everything that you do is connected to time because you're living and breathing every second, minute, hour of the day. Every moment that you are alive here on earth, you are a part of time. So if we are going to follow God's word and redeem the time, I have to have wisdom. You cannot redeem the time without wisdom. There's nothing that you do that doesn't require time. Is there, can you think of anything? I can't think of one thing that you can do that does not require time. Follow me? All right. So let's come back. We're going to look at this one more time. We're flying right through this. You're welcome, guys. We're going to be like, we're going to finally beat the Methodist to lunch. Unless you're a Methodist, and then you're right on time. I, it was ordained this way. I'm sorry! I'm sorry. <laughs> James, my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, so <laughs> I'm terrible today. All right, Ephesians. I'm not getting better with age. This is, this, is, this is not happening. Ephesians 5.15. So here we go. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. So listen, this is so important to understand redeeming the time. So to redeem means to obtain or, or, or release or free by means of a payment. So we, when, when we talk about sin and we talk about the work of Jesus on the cross, here's the deal. It, he, he talks about redeeming us from sin. So when we talk about our redemption from sin and being saved, because that's what salvation is, is being redeemed, what it means is this Jesus paid the price to cover my sin. So I made this error. I got a ticket, if you will, and he paid the fine. That's what it means. And so what happens is I was, I was a sinner lost and headed to hell, and Jesus paid my bill. He paid the price. That's what redemption is. And what he's saying is, I want you to have the same concept of God's redemption for me as you deal with your time. Is that not something? Isn't that something to think about? Is God is using the same word that, 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 that it speaks of our salvation, and he wants us to handle our time in the same manner. He says, I want you to buy back your time. I want you to free your time from the clutches of evil. I want you to stop wasting your time on things that don't add up to anything. It's a verb. It ex- expresses this idea of liberating, to free up your time. Have you ever thought about that? Let, let's be honest for a moment. How, how crazy do our days get? I mean, how many of you feel like it is just a rat race from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed? And, and if you're like me, it's like 8.20 and it finally slows down. I'm like, honey, is it too early to go to bed at like 8.20? I mean, like, we could turn the TV on and act like we're watching TV. I'm sleeping. I mean, when my head hits the pillow, you, 
Honey, if you're going to kiss me, you got about five seconds. Your moves are going to have to go fast. What? I'm married. It's okay. So, when we're dealing with redeeming time, I just love how this, the, the Bible begins to talk about that I need to buy my time back. Well, if I'm going to redeem my time, then that means it's slaved to something. Have you ever thought about that? For God to use... See, I didn't choose those words. I'm not manipulating the Word of God. That's exactly what it says. So God felt it important enough to add two times, two times in the New Testament, redeeming time. Redeeming time. Two times. So He's trying to let us know... And both times that we read about redeeming time, the other one's in Colossians chapter 4, they both also talk about walking in wisdom. You have to walk in wisdom if you're going to redeem time. But both times we see this one aspect coming back, you need to buy your time back because it's enslaved to something else. What's your time enslaved to? I want you to think about this for a minute because God is saying you need to redeem it. You need, to, you need to figure out how to get it out of the clutches of sin or the, the, the clutches of the day. What's your, what's your time doing to you? Where is it enslaved to that you need to free it? You guys want to find out? We promise to be friends, right? Okay, so I want us to start out here as we've wasted enough time. I want to talk about top time wasters. Every one of us has some different. I'm just going to kind of give four typical ones that we see. And also, these are, these are one of the things. I read this out of a business magazine. Um, it was it, an article. I didn't read the magazine. Uh, it was an article. But, but it was talking about a lot of things that happen in the office. And I thought, wow, that's not just true in the office. It's true everywhere. It's true in your home. And what's really interesting is I'm going to show you the top time, or the top time wasters of youth. So I hope the youth are paying attention. That was just to get you to, to, to pay attention for a minute. So here's our top time wasters. Okay, so number one, number one in the country. You guys, you guys want, does anybody want to holler out what you think it is? What? All right, technology, your phone. The average time on a phone per day is 3.51 hours. This is not texting and making phone calls for your job. This is the non-job related this would be watching little movies, your TikTok videos, Snapchat, or whatever, tweet, Twitter, whatever they all have out there. I don't know all of them. Whatever they are, it's spending time in technology. That's the number one. It's 20, 22 hours a week. This is not business time. Guys, that when, it, when it says 3.15 hours, this isn't like taking like a secretary and you go, yeah, well, I, make, I use myself. No, this is talking about when you're wasting time between calls. Okay? All right. <laughs> I'll get there. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right. So number two is multitasking. And, and, and I love you mothers. Listen, this is not to be offensive multitasking, there's only 2.5% of people that are actually good at it. So most likely you're not. I know that you think you are. I know that you think you are. You're like, I'm really 
good at multitasking. What we're really good at is starting a whole bunch of little things and not really bringing them to a completion. Come on, right? We get all these things started. Like, I started seven projects today. You should see my farm. Half of a fence over there. And I set a post over there. We're good. Look at all the things that I started to do. See, what happens when we multitask, guys, when we spend a lot of time multitasking, what we end up doing is we spend a lot of time focusing on little small things at the same time, and a lot of times what we're doing is actually the number three thing, procrastinating. So when we multitask, we're taking on a lot of small projects because we think we can get them all done in a day, and we're not really doing the thing that needs to be done the most. Guys, how often do we put off the most important things to do the little things? That's called procrastination, and that's the number three time waster is procrastinating on the most important things of our life. So have we figured out what the most important things of our life is? I mean, think about this. This is a a question of... This is a question of... Oh, what's the word I'm wanting? Um, Priorities finding what's most important in the top. And I find in ministry, we're constantly, ministers get very stressed because they feel like they ha- they're juggling a whole bunch of things. And I know that when I, 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 when, I, when I feel like there's a whole bunch of things on my plate, is usually when I get the least amount of work done because I have to multitask. I already know I'm terrible at it. I don't even pretend to be good at it. But if you're pretending, stop. You're not as good as you think. I'm just saying. Love you. All right, now moving on. So procrastination is number three, and number four is noisy environments. I love how people have like, they'll have like a TV show going on over here, and they're like typing on a computer. Like, I'm getting a lot of work done. No, you're not. Your mind is divided because it's still trying to follow the storyline over here. Or you're trying to listen to the lyrics over here and you're divided. When you're divided, you're not as efficient. Now, you want to know the top five for youth? I'm just looking around to make sure my girls are looking at me. Okay, number one, technology. Number two, procrastination. Number three, they're disorganized. (laughs) Shocker. Um, I mean, so number four, they try to multitask and they're even worse than their parents. You ready for number five? Sleeping in. Okay, now, let me ask this, parents, who's letting them sleep in? It's like, it's eight o'clock, get up! What are you doing? Like, we have a rule, if you don't eat breakfast by nine, you ain't eating breakfast. You're going hungry. You're going to be hangry by the time we get to noon, because we got work to do. Let's go. So, yeah, sleeping in. So, and I want you to know this. So when you start thinking about all of these same things that, are, that the youth are struggling with, guess what? These are learned behaviors. They are learning technology, bad habits with their phones. Guess who they learn from? The best! Right? Your kids are learning from the best. You are wasting your time on a phone. Guess who else is? Your kids. Because they're mimicking and modeling and imitating their parent, which is how God designed it to be. You don't want your kids wasting their time? Then you stop wasting time. Can't have it both ways. You can't sit there and tell a kid, don't waste your time when you're wasting your time. You can't say, don't watch that if you're watching that. 
Don't say that when you're saying it. I can't, it drives me nuts. Well, my kids cuss a little because I cuss a little. Stop cussing. Stop it. You don't want your kids to do it, then you stop doing it. Our kids are going the way of their parents. That's not a surprise. That's exactly how God designed it. He just designed it and planned for us to do better. We need to do better so that we can expect our children to do better. You can't expect them to do better until you do better because that's called hypocrisy. You know how many kids think their parents are hypocrites because they keep telling them what to do and they're not doing it themselves? Parents, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. All right, so let's compare time. We're still going to be friends, right? Just wanted to make sure. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about redeemed time, dealing with godly things, and I'm going to talk about wasted time, and I'm going to show a, a comparison that, that I found through a lot of different studies this week. So here we go. Redeemed time. In prayer, the average Christian spends 10 minutes a day. So that would mean that, that the average, this is not the average American, because that would bring like, hey, all the Christians are praying a long time, but all the people that aren't believers. No, this is, a, those who, this, is, this is a study by church-going people. Not just people who say they're a Christian and don't go to church. This is church-going Christians spend an average of 10 minutes a day in prayer. But they'll spend four hours listening to podcasts, music, and all kinds of secular things on their phones. Music I just kind of threw in there because it was a short word and I didn't have a lot of space. This is podcasts. You know, like I listen to the Chiefs podcast. I'm not going to lie about that, but I spend more than 10 minutes, you know. But what I'm wanting you to see is that 10 minutes a day, how do I offset 10 minutes of listening to God for 28 hours? You get, the, you get what I'm saying is four hours of listening to secular music compared to the 10 minutes I was trying to listen to God while I was thinking about the music I was going to listen to. You, you, get, you see the problem, right? We see that problem. And maybe you're listening to Christian music. That's great. Listening to Christian music, K-Love, it does not take the place of listening to God. You hear me? Because, because when we're talking about prayer, this isn't about you giving God your list. Wives, I know that wives are famous for having the to-do list for the husbands. And then the husband learned how to do it from you, and he gave a list to God. God, she wants me to do this. Could you send somebody to do this for me? You know, I'm like, can, I, can, can this go up? Can the order, you know, can we keep bringing this? No, here's the deal. We, we have this bad habit of going to God and saying, God, I want you to do, and then we tell him everything we want him to do. Have you ever went to God and said, God, what do you want me to do? And then shut the trap, shut our cake hole, or if you like pie, shut the pie hole. The one mouth and the two ears begin to get open and they start listening. God, what do you want? Have you ever took 10 minutes just to be quiet and listen to God? Because we fill all of our time up with all kinds of things that we, we, we have to have every... It's like we're scared of silence. Even in churches, we have a time for prayer, and then I'm like, oh, we have to have music going on. We don't. There's nothing wrong with silence. And there's nothing wrong with awkward silence. Have you ever saw two kids who like each other, 
and they was flirting really loud and obnoxiously before they both knew each other, liked each other. And then all of a sudden, now that they realize that they like each other, they don't know what to say. I think it's hilarious. I had that exact situation yesterday as I'm driving home. Preston likes my, where is he at? Oh, he's over there hiding. Preston, that guy that's hiding his head in the cowboy hat right there in the, like the fifth row, likes my daughter Naomi, the redhead that's hiding her face from her dad over here. This is the best part about being a pastor dad. I'm, this is the best. And so then we're driving, and so I was like, you guys can sit in the back of the car. I mean, like, I got my, all my mirrors. Like, I'm not looking at the highway at all. I'm like, I got every angle covered. <laughs> Try it, buddy. <laughs> we're all meet Jesus today. And so, so she's like, this is going to be so awkward because no one's going to talk. And I'm like, hey, Preston, why do you like my daughter? Boom! <laughs> do you think she's pretty? That's a trick question. I'm just letting you know. You know what I mean? Like, so... But what's so amazing is that we have the, we, 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 we're, we're afraid of, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? Now you know how it feels when I was doing music. I just wanted you to know what it felt like. So, so what, I, what, 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 what happens though is this, is that we get in our lives afraid of silence. There's nothing wrong with silence. There's nothing wrong with taking a couple of minutes and just saying, God, I'm listening. But how can we hear the still, small voice of God when we got the radio going? How can you hear the small voice of God when you have the TV rolling in the background? Less than 40% of church-going people read their Bibles one time a week. I couldn't even get per day. This is what's so sad about our redeemed time that we're supposed to have. 40% of people who go to church only read their Bibles once a week. And when they do that, it's less than 15 minutes. However, I will spend on, not me, but social media gets 2.5 hours a day per person. 17.5 hours on Facebook or TikTok. That's the social media stuff. That's not just on the phone. That's on social media. Hmm. Right? Isn't that, that's sad, right? When you see that, that's, that's super sad. We will read and watch stupid stuff and send stupid videos. I'm, you know, some of them are, are pretty funny, but here's the, here, we'll spend hours looking for the stupid video that we want to send to all of our friends, and we won't spend 15 minutes with God. Right? I mean, come on now. The, attending worship, 50% of believers attend one time a week, right? 50%. So 50% of Christians, people who say, I'm a Christian, They'll go to church, 50% of Christians. That's, that's the, the key one for me. But the average American spends six hours a week on their hobby. Now, have, I, have we been convinced that we waste time? Now, how many of us waste time? Anybody going to lie now? Okay. All right. You keep lying. Keep lying to yourself. All right. So I want you to note this, though. If you spend 12 minutes every single day reading your Bible, in one year you'll have it completely finished. It takes 73 hours to read your Bible from beginning to end. If you will read every single day, 12 minutes, you'll read the entire Bible cover to cover. 
Just food for thought. So we've, re- we've wasted enough time. So to what our goal is, is we're going to redeem. We're going to redeem our time. We're going to buy back the time that we, we can't buy back the wasted time. It's already gone. You're never going to get any more. But what we're going to do is I'm going to give you some, some practical steps that you can do in your life right now. So this is going to be application before the invitation. All right. So here's the first thing I want you to do is I want you to do an, a time audit. A time audit is where you take an honest look at how you spend your time. Because I have people all the time like, I really don't waste any time. I don't have any time for TV. I'm like, I get it, but you're still wasting time on that phone. I can guarantee you that you're doing that. Oh, no, not as bad as you think. (laughs) I dare (laughs) you. I dare you. Here's one way that you can do that. Set a timer on your phone for every 30 minutes to go off. And every 30 minutes when that thing goes off, no matter what, you write down what you're doing. You'll be amazed at how much time you're spending in the bathroom (laughs) when you don't need to go to the bathroom. I'm serious. How long does it take? How long are you in there? Do we need to get an ambulance? No, we're looking at our phones. See? We do that. We do. Case in point, we eat dinner as a family, and then after family, it's the, the kids do the dishes. Like clockwork. One of the kids has got to go to the bathroom. It just so happens that's the one that was supposed to wash the dishes. We call it dishwater diarrhea is what we call it. Like, oh, I know what that is. Don't worry. They'll be waiting. Take your time. It doesn't matter. You're still doing them. Come on now, how many times, see this is like a new thing, it's like, well, I don't really want to get caught being on my phone in front of my family, but I really want to see what's going on in the Facebook world, so then what do we do? Like, I'm really bored, I might as well go to the bathroom. I can't wait for you guys to do this audit, I don't want to hear all the the bathroom details, even though I brought them up. I want you guys to be honest about, what are you really doing with your time? How am I really spending my time? You know, my kids going to the bathroom is kind of like church. It's, a, it's, it's really amazing how we can't sit through a sermon. Oh, I wasn't saying that on, I guess I did say that right on cue, didn't I? But it's amazing from my perspective how many people between music and getting ready for the message it's like we don't know how to sit still anymore. It's like we don't know how to pay attention. We don't know how to slow down and long enough to take a couple of notes to learn something about what we need in our life because our life is just always going. And so what happens is we sit down and we don't know what to do. So let's sit down and learn how to redeem our time. Let's make the best of our time when we have our time. So the second thing I want to bring up is this. <clears throat> Block out distractions. What are your biggest time wasters? So if you're going to be honest with yourself, it's most likely Facebook. So do something about it. I call it fasting. We don't just fast from food. If food is your biggest time waster, but if we're going to redeem the time and I'm going to reflect back at my life because a a wise person reflects, if I'm looking back and saying, okay, I know what's wasting my time. I'm now going to cut it out of my schedule on purpose until I get a grasp on my time. 
So maybe you need to fast from Facebook for a couple of weeks to get your time back. Does that make sense? Maybe you need to take some time off of watching videos uh, and uh, uh, your videos on your phone, or, or maybe you're taking too many days off doing nothing. And whatever the biggest distraction is, block it out. Take it out of your life for a while. Cut it out. Now, here's the deal. Then you need to schedule. You need to set times in your calendar for what you're going to do. Because what happens is this. My time keeps getting broken up because the things that I didn't schedule. I get this a lot. Pastor, do you have any time? I also have a phone that I can set schedules with. But a lot of times what happens is, hey, do you have time? Do you have time? Do you have time? So what I have to start doing is I have to block out time or I won't get the things that I'm supposed to do done. So you have to schedule, you have to block out the things that are killing your time, but you also have to begin to schedule the things that you need to get done. Set a schedule. I'm starting at 8 o'clock Monday morning to do this project, and I'm not stopping until I do. You can mute your phone, folks. You can shut that pop. You remember back in the days when we didn't have a cell phone. We got along just fine. I know that it's amazing how people are like, how did you ever make it without a phone? Easy. We worked. We worked. Well, how did you get a hold of your parents? We didn't. It was great. <laughs> if I could go through a whole school day without getting 20 texts from my daughters, what's up? I'm working. Do your school stuff. Leave me alone. This is my time away from you. Can you fast from your kids? <laughs> Anybody want six kids for a week? I'm going to fast from my You got it. They're coming to your house. <laughs> You're like, no. So, all right. So schedule your shift. Okay, so here we go. Number three, four, I think, four. Okay, so avoid multitasking. Like I said, you're not good at it. Okay, so stop. You're not as good as you think you are, so what happens is we need to stop doing the things that we're so, we think we're so good at. So what I need to do is I need to start just blocking out and scheduling the time and saying, this is what I need to get done, now go do that. Block the time off and go do that. Then allow the little things, the less important things, to pepper in when you have time for them. Best advice my dad ever gave me about the farm is I was like, Dad was like, how's it going with the new farm? This was like four years ago when I first started with the sheep. I'm like, Dad, I'm working all day long, and I don't have enough hours, and I'm never caught up. And he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Thanks. He goes, you're never going to have everything done, so just pick a time to stop. It'll still not be finished tomorrow when you, when you wake up. You can start on the next. Just make sure you get the most important, you know, fix your fence when it's down. So I, I found all my sheep on somebody else's property the other day uh, because a tree fell over and I forgot to fix the fence that week. So I know what I'm doing Monday morning. I'm blocking off a piece of time to fix a fence. So number, number five is to, oh man, I got to go back. Didn't show it. Whoop, hey, look, I brought it right back up. There you go. So number five, respect your time. If you don't respect it, no one else will. So sometimes you have to be able to say no. I'm sorry. I have, I have some work that I have to get done. Please call. Please send a text message. Please say, you know, ask for when I have available time. These are my office hours. Those are the things. But sometimes we have to say, listen, sometimes we just have to say no. Sometimes we just need to say no. And it's hard. But if you don't respect your time, no one else will. So now let's get into number six. All right, stay focused. 
Stay focused on the task at hand. Ask yourself what you want to get out. So before like, you make a phone call, before you do something like that, make sure that you know what you want to do. There's so much time wasted. We have so many meetings that don't get anything done. So when you have a meeting, when you have a phone call, make sure you, what do I need to have happen in this meeting? Make sure that happens and get it done. And you know what? Sometimes just let the answering machine do its job. That's why you have it. Sometimes... Like, I, it's amazing how we think we have to answer the call, phone call, because it's ringing. Remember the days when you weren't home and you didn't, we, I'm like, I'll get to it when I get to it. It's okay. Sometimes like, well, why doesn't the pastor answer? Because my phone doesn't run my life. When your phone doesn't run your life, you don't have to answer. Right now, I'm not taking phone calls. I mute that sucker. I put my phone on mutiny. I got a mutiny against that sucker all the time. Like, I'm muting you. I'm done. Sometimes I leave it in the house. <gasps> When I go away, I'm like, ah, this is nice. What if there's an emergency? I probably wasn't going to be able to get there in time. I mean, it, guys, life, right? So sometimes we can just put the phone down, and sometimes we can get back later. Sometimes what we're working on needs to take precedence over all the million phone calls and text messages and things that come on through the day. I always tell people if it's an emergency, text 911, call me. Okay. If you just say, hey, I'm wanting to chit chat, that's going to go down to the bottom of the list. Got a long list here. Number seven, the last one here. Um, get rest, recharge. There's a reason why God commanded us to have a Sabbath. Here's what I find out about men men are the worst. And women, if you agree after this, you can say amen. But the men are the worst at being workaholics. Okay, so maybe some don't agree. All right, here's the deal. Women can do the same thing. Everyone can do this. But we sometimes forget that Sunday, just because you don't have another job, it's not the day to just go and do more work. The Lord said, and this is his commandment, not my commandment, but it's actually, it was big enough to God and important enough to God to put it in the top ten. You guys get that, right? Honor the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Keep it about God. See, a lot of times what we do is we're like, well, I'm going to do this, and then I've got to do all this other stuff. And sometimes you just need to take a break. Sometimes you just need to sit down. Sometimes you just need to take a rest. Maybe you even need to get an afternoon nap in. Recharge it up. Come on, come on. Like, what's that? Well, that's what happens when you start redeeming your time. Now, like, I just need a rest. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you just you, you walk down a creek. Maybe you throw some rocks in a pond. I don't know what you're going to do. But the point is, is that it needs to be about God. You need to get away with Him for a little while and, put, and get a quiet place and rest and relax. Maybe you need to put a hammock underneath the shade tree and take a nap. All right, so let's get back. We're going to finish this up. All right, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So here's the deal. I love this part of it. So in the Greek... Redeeming the time is present middle participle. Present tense means this. It's, it needs to be a continuous habit. You need to continuously redeem your time is what this is saying. Everybody hear me. But the coolest part is this. Middle voice means that though you are supposed to redeem the time, you don't have to do it alone. Middle voice. See, I was not expecting middle voice when I was reading this. I was expecting active like, hey, person, Get it together and go redeem your time. No, God says, hey, when you're ready to redeem your time, give me a holler, I'll help you. 
Come on, right? Like, I love it how I get these little teeny nuggets in here. I'm like, you know what, God, you're so cool. You're so awesome. I'm sitting here thinking, man, my, my schedule's a mess. I have time to do nothing. I am so tired and exhausted, and I'm sick of my schedule, and I want to murder the schedule. And, and God's like, whenever you want to deal with the schedule, let me know. I'll help you. Have you ever asked God to help you cut out things in your schedule that don't need to be there? Have we ever even thought about including God into that part of our life? Think about that. Isn't that amazing that you now know today for sure? Maybe you already knew this, and I'm not teaching you anything new, but I'm telling you, if you didn't know this before, know it today. You can say, God, my life is unmanageable. My schedule is crazy. Help me. And you know what? He will. He will. And what's cool is the participle is this. It's a verbal adjective. It means that redeeming time, people will now start taking notice that your time is spent differently. Have you ever noticed that you can kind of, you got to get around people and you're like, wow, you got free time. How did you do that? I started redeeming my time. I started making some changes in my home. We started making a rule that phones go down when you walk in the door. You can take them to school. When you walk in the house, go dock, you'll park it. Go, just like you park a vehicle, go park your phone. Have you ever thought about that, parents? You know you can do that, right? Like, kids, when you guys walk in, um, there's a docking station. We have, like, this little place where everybody has to plug their phone to one station. You don't get to take your phone to your room. <laughs> like, park it. Just like a car, park it. Oh, you don't have a car. Like, you park your bicycle. Yeah. You park your shoes for walking. Park your phone. So the thing is, is that you begin to be known by what you do with your time. Have you ever known, noticed that? Husbands and wives... You know how much time your spouse spends on their phone, don't you? You know when you feel like you come second fiddle to a phone. And here's the deal. You can change how you are known. This adjective, this verbal adjective is, is, is encouraging us to say, think differently. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm asking you to make a commitment. The commitment is this. With God's help, every day... I will free up my time to better serve his kingdom. And then everyone around you is going to take notice of this. My last slide right here, we're going to end the verse right here. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is the last verse, Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore, do not be unwise. So he says, redeem your time for the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will is. If God is helping us redeem the time, then what do you suppose we will do with this redeemed time? I want you to think about that. If you are actually beginning to free your time from being wasted, now you have extra time. What do you think you're going to do with that extra time? Maybe discover what God's will. See, here's the thing. Think about this. God's helping you redeem your time for what maybe for his kingdom have we ever thought about that the god says i want to help your life become manageable i want to help your life become more calm i want to help free up some time and maybe what we're going to do with that time is you're going to discover what my will for your life is and that does not necessarily mean doing more ministry it may be doing less ministry better Huh? Oh, that sounds good. 
Write that in a book. Oh, yeah, it's already there. All right, so worship team, if you'll come up, here's what we're going to do. I want us to all bow our heads today. And, 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 and here's the thing is, 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 is we have lots of different things. Time may not even be your problem. I'd be surprised because I think all of us struggle with this. But, but then again, sometimes I think that everybody struggles with what I struggle with. So, but here's what I want you to do is I want you to bow your heads and I want you to, 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 to close your eyes. And, and this is our time of prayer. Here's the deal. We have a prayer team that's here for you. And they're going to get into the places where they need to be. And here's the deal is if you need anyone to pray for you, you may be coming here and saying, man, time is the last thing I needed to hear about today, but I need help right now. I need somebody to pray for me right now. I need, our marriage needs prayer. This need, whatever it is, that's what they're here for. They're here to pray with you. So it doesn't have to be about anything that I talked about. So anytime during this time you need somebody to pray, they're standing up here at the two sides. They're ready to pray for you. But here's what I want you to do. If you're struggling with your time and time management, here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God's help. God, help me. Help me know what needs to go. Help me know what I need to cut out of that schedule. God, let me know what your will for my life is. God, help me to stop wasting time. Do you realize that you are a steward of the time that God gave you? So if God created you, and he did, then you belong to him. And the moment that we surrender our life to Jesus, we become his. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He's our Master. He's our God. And here's the reality. The time that I have is not mine. This time is not mine. It's His that He gave for me to use wisely. So what are you doing with the time that God has given? He didn't have to give you this time. But you're still alive. And you're still here for a reason. Do you know what that reason is? God, show me what you want for my life. Reveal to me your will. God, help me begin to cut out the things that don't belong. When you don't know how to fix it, pray about it. I know somebody, a, a good friend of mine, prayed not too long ago and asked God for some guidance. And God said, you're going to delete your Facebook account. It's done. It's over. It's gone. And just like that, okay, God, what's next? What would God tell you to do? Now it's your turn to listen to Him.